This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. AB for our major news. Of course, we got a news brief coming up at 8 o'clock. And that's all good to see Champlain Auto Services. All right? Uh, before I get back into the guys' results of our poll, which will stay up until tomorrow morning, let's take a look at what's happening traffic-wise. Going through La Brea is slow going. The creek got some volume. Now beginning to build up in the usual spots in San Fernando. Rivlet Road is heavy, leaving Cuba, Roystonia. Heading up on the southern main road, you got some traffic. Also on the Solo, I'm seeing there's one accident on the Solo. It is southbound. All right, so northbound people, nothing to see here. Keep moving, keep moving. Chaguanas main road is chock-a-block. Um, yeah, it is chock-a-block, all right? Uh, let's see. Chaguan uh, is pretty much a Chucha Roosevelt Highway. You got traffic. Listen, it's just traffic everywhere. It's just traffic everywhere. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is traffic everywhere. Holy Maloney. Coming down St. Joseph, you also got some traffic. Makoya Road, I know that road so well. I can see why there's so much traffic there. Out of Dago, out of Maraval, Gunnabli the Young Road, Lois on the Cruise. St. Clair Avenue, busy Western Main Road, Maraval, oh brother, Long Circular Road as well, wow, from Long Circular Mall, and Patna Street is heavy as well, as they head towards Long Circular Road, wow, alright, that's quick traffic update for you, alright, so let me just get the guys back in here now it is 20 minutes after 7 o'clock I do have a couple more votes for you Richie Rich um let's see Ken E says absolutely uh, Paula says so Paul is near me yeah Paula run run that's all I will tell you Paula uh run Paul is near you okay all right Rich all right, so our poll this morning was simply... Um, are you hearing me? Yes. Okay, sorry. I wasn't sure I put on my mic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our poll this morning was basically due to the Ministry of Health is now being ridiculous in the length of time that it's taking to get our vaccines for the under-12 age group. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had 23 people voting on the poll um, in the allotted time. Of the 23, 17 of you said yes. They're now being ridiculous. And six of you said no. So 17 of you said yes. 
and 16 of you. What am I saying? 70 have said yes, and 6 of you oh, said no. What I want to know. 6 of you said no, so for a total number of 23. Of course, you can continue to vote on this poll throughout the day, through all programming, and we'll give you the final results tomorrow morning, which will be Friday then. It's, it's Saturday, Sunday. Sunday what? It's Friday yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is Ruben. I'm not putting it on my camera today. What happened? Why? Did you make it or something? Why you can't put your camera on, um, Paul Richards? Because Nikki Crosby had me up till 2 this morning. Uh, because what, sorry? Nikki Listen. Crosby had me up till 2 this morning. You can't get uglier than how you normally are. Yeah? <laughs> I'm just saying. She says, hi, Richard. Uh, hello. She said, she said it here, I laugh. You know Nikki Crosby gets me up this hour in the morning, come on. I'm not going to say that. Nikki not getting up this hour in the morning. Nikki is here, isn't she? No, I think she has a show on this weekend, I think. You're always giving wrong information. That's so classic I saw. I know I saw a flyer with her on it. You always see things that don't exist. I'll find it and send it for you. Anyway, did you get our guest for this morning? That's your job. Let me read something for no, you. No, you were supposed to I, get it. I you found, said you were going to get it. I found profound that I found in my friend's bathroom and she tells me I could, I could take it. Preparation age? Publication called Retiree, right? The United Federation of Teachers, Retired Teachers, Chapter Newsletter, Volume 34, number one, dated February 2022. And it's such a wonderful uh, piece. And the title is The Obituary of Common Sense. The following was an obituary written in 1998 by Laurie Borgman, then a columnist for the Indianapolis Star. It is edited, and I quote, Today we mourn the passing of a beloved old friend, Common Sense, who has been with us for many years. No one knows for sure how old he was, since his birth records were long lost in bureaucratic red tape. He will be remembered as having cultivated such valuable lessons as knowing when to come in and out of the rain, why the early bird gets the worm, life isn't always fair, and maybe it was my fault. Common sense lived by simple sound financial policies, don't spend more than you can earn, and reliable strategies, mature adults, not children, are in charge. His health began to deteriorate rapidly when well-intentioned but overbearing regulations were set in place. Common sense's condition only worsened on reports of teens suspended from school for using mouthwash after lunch and the teacher fired for reprimanding an unruly student. Common sense took a serious turn for the worse when ordinarily intelligent people stopped listening to and reading the usual reliable sources for facts and information and solely paid attention to rumors, innuendos, gossip, and misinformation passed along in deliberately biased and social media. Common sense finally gave up the will to live after a woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of coffee was hot. She spilled a little on her lap and was promptly awarded a huge settlement. Common sense was preceded in death by his parents' trust in truth by his wife discretion, by his daughter responsibility, and by his son reason. He survived by his stepchildren, I won something for nothing, 
I want it now. Someone else is to blame. I didn't know. And my friend read it in a group text chat. End. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> I find it so profound. Uh, it really does paint a, a very dim picture of humanity. Of life today. Yeah, of humanity today and how, how we And how the internet has turned into a bunch of zombie morons. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I particularly like the part, the part where He's preceded by my friend. I read it in a group chat, and in Trinidadian context, I googled it. <laughs> so Richard spent about six years in law school, or four years in law school, because somebody said, "Well, you can't tell me that because I googled it." Or a doctor with Cambridge-trained education is sitting in front of you, and you said, "But doctor, I googled it." And I'm doing my research. And I'm doing my search. I Googled it after somebody trained for like 10 years of their life. Yep. All true. I found, All when true. I read this, no doubt in the bathroom. TMI. <laughs> I found it so profound. That's what I'd shared this morning. And, and, it's, and I guess it's part of a, a longer piece. I wish, you, I wish you could reproduce it in, in a trend bigger newspaper. It, the obituary written in 1998 by Laurie Borgman. That's good writing, huh? Yeah, very good writing. Very, very good writing. For those who still read. Yeah. I will tell you the travel process wasn't bad. Um, it was pretty, pretty easy to get through everything. It was not bad as bad as i thought and um of course you have to get the international travel pass which is like this little long time you know, little book you used to get in school when you was five years when you were five years old mm -hmm. i thought that, i thought that, i thought that that international travel pass is not necessary it depends on what airline you're traveling with because you don't need a, a travel pass to get into the us but i need a travel pass to get onto JetBlue. Oh. You understand? I also need an antigen test to get onto JetBlue. But I didn't need an antigen test to get into the US. You understand? Yeah. Up to how long before? Okay. 72 hours, right? Yes. No, this. Well, when they said the 72 yes, hours from the time hours, that you yes. arrive, you're the final destination. No, I think it's 24 hours for JetBlue. Oh, the antigen was 24 hours. Okay. Yeah, 24 hours for JetBlue. It may vary by airline, but for Jet, which is 24 hours. And um, it just did you, that, um, and the normal other documents. And of course, that has to be documented by, by it can be a, a pharmacy um, antigen test. So they have to give you the paper or email it to you. When you're coming back from Trinidad in 72 hours, that's when the last told us last week. And it wasn't it wasn't a difficult process to be fair. It, it, the same check-in time, and it, it, it was no added time. You just look at it, and I guess document the number on it and, and give you a boarding pass. And there was absolutely no COVID check in GFK, and there are very few masks. <laughs> I'll tell you. And let me tell you, on the aircraft, although masks are mandatory. People weren't wearing their masks. Okay. 
in particular the Americans, they, they have no time with masks anymore. Just moving around last night. And you can see, okay, masks for what? <laughs> They're so over it, trust me. And there's a spike in New York. But I guess they just consider it like a cold now. Yeah. So New Yorkers are just walking around unmasked? Imagine three years ago. Mm. If some people, when you see someone on a mask, it's more than likely somebody not from here. Oh, okay. You know, they're masks, but there's people just like walking around like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it is a quite interesting development. They're over it. They've been over it for a while because I have a friend who lives in, in Miami and they, she's been maskless in bars for over a year and pubs. She, she says, what, 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 hear me a mask. So I look very strange walking around in a mask. Let me put it out. Hmm. I know, yeah. And I suppose those states, because I know, I know um, Florida, for example, would be more, um, would have been more, from the, from a political level, was more resistant. Yeah, they they over it a while now. They were yeah, resistant, yeah. They were and they couldn't wait resistant. to get out of it. And they could not wait to get out of it. Yeah. But, and, and the, it is literally the fastest I've ever been through American immigration. Literally 40 seconds. When I saw you here, what you're here for, how long you're staying. Look at the camera, take off your mask, take, take off your glasses. Of course, I still have on the mask. <laughs> you understand? Everybody's like, nobody has on a mask. Take off your mask, please, sir. And you watch him like, what do you have on the mask for? <laughs> and take off your glasses, click, stamp, bam. How many bottles of alcohol do you bring in? That was the most probing question. How many bottles of alcohol do you bring in? Did you, Did you carry alcohol? Did you carry alcohol? You know, Chinese love alcohol. Chinese <laughs> <laughs> love Chinese rum. <laughs> so what you, it's a tradition I bring for my friend. She and her husband like Chinese alcohol. So. Okay, okay. Chinese yeah, yeah. always bring a bottle of um, alcohol. And, and Americans actually, because I, I brought a bottle for another friend of mine who I'll see on Saturday. And her husband is not Trinidad, he's American, and he loves Chinese rum. So, Trinidad rum is very, very um, popular. And Angostura. They love most bars in the, in the, in the US stock out Angostura. And I, I know if you look at the show Billions, Richard. No, I don't actually. It's a, it's a very popular series um, since season three. And it's a high end show about billionaires. And the, the financial wars of billionaires and, and prosecutors and stuff. Extremely great, great show. And there was, and it's a really high end, you know, that kind of high end show? Yeah. And there's one scene where a billionaire was settling, was celebrating with his staff, where he owns a, a brokerage company. And he hired a, I mean, laid it out. And somebody mixed a drink for him without Angostura bitters and he chastised them. You did not use Angostura bitters. So it's not a real drink. So it's really, really considered the creme de la creme of mixers around the world. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a global thing for years now. Yeah. Angostura bitters. 
and it's appeared in several shows. And and if you look at chef shows, because I'm a chef food show junkie, it's it's one of the high. I don't I don't know how we, we that should be right now economy. Mm. Bumetin Sister Marco and Gustavo Bertels. I'd watch as you're talking about shows. I did watch that Atlanta episode with um Trinity the Bone. With um mm -hmm. but it was directed by Danny. Um what is his Lover? name? It's Glover. Junior. Yeah, what is his name? What's his first name? Son. His son. It's not his son, you know. They're not related, you know. They don't really hear? No, I always used to think that too, but they're not. The same guy who did um that song about America. It's Danny Glover. Mm -hmm. I think it's Danny. Anyway, but I did watch it. Um and it's yeah, Gambino. And yeah. And of course artist, his uh, yeah. and of course his um his style is very there's no music at all. When I mean no music, his style is very um almost raw footage, almost. Yeah. But it's not raw footage, obviously, because it's edited. But there's no music. And it's simply a story. Really, it was really very much a, a commentary on Americans, and particularly, I suppose, affluent white Americans having nannies from wherever in the world. In this particular case, usually, it was usually like, developing country. And it was a Trinidad Tobago nanny. And that the children almost become proxy or whatever country in this case almost proxy trinidadian because the parents just leave these nannies to become basically the proxy the mother children. yeah become the proxy mother so it's about a little boy and the and the the nanny didn't show up sylvia and they realize eventually they find out that sylvia is dead and but they don't they don't know how to bring the news to the little boy and the little boy you know is telling the the dad when he wants to sleep he's saying well he tells his mother well could you rub my back and and she says sure and he says well could you sing for me and he, she says well sing what she says well he says well sylvia always sang to me she always sang, used to sing sweetie auntie <laughs> you know oh my country <laughs> little boy i mean it so the mother's like, you know, but eventually, to cut a long story short, they make the decision to go to the funeral. But in between all of this, there's always somebody knocking and leaving this package for Sylvia that the father keeps putting back at the desk or the concierge desk or whatever. And because it's addressed to her and he doesn't want to take it. So they eventually go to the, um, the funeral and, of course, where they park and, of course, they're not... Of course, as white Americans, they said, oh, my God, we've reached the islands. Because okay. it's, it's wherever in New York City. But it's probably Brooklyn. And, um, <laughs> and everything Trinidad could think of around them. Yes, and they, so they eventually go in. And, of course, they're showing you the juxtaposition between how uh, a, a funeral, a Caribbean funeral, I guess, would be. And all of the, the lamenting and crying and, and all the little fight that almost happened. But interestingly enough, there's another white guy there. We sit down next to him, who's younger than they are, but you know, maybe in his twenties, and he's talking almost with a Trini accent. So they ask him, Oh, which part? Um, you're you're from the islands, so your accent is wrong. He said, No, I'm from Tribeca. But Sylvia was his nanny too. Mm. So it's kind of painting that picture yeah. of devolving parenting to nannies. 
And of course, they painted a kind of, uh, they painted a very humorous picture of the funeral, a little, a little exaggerated. But yeah, somebody, yeah. yeah, but to even somebody fix. trying to climb into the coffin. Um, but, so, um, and a fight, and you know, family back and all in the funeral. Um, and of course, they eventually leave and they go back home and, and eventually, and of course, all the people there, a lot of them were Trinis. I mean, well, Trini accented actors. You know, it's interesting you say that we have so much to offer in the world. Like, we went to a, a Jamaican place last night because we were as close believe it or not. Long Island, go figure. <laughs> and this is Jamaican, this the Jamaican woman who told us that she just come to Trinidad three weeks before and she had such a great time because her brother came here and married a Trini woman and he never left. And he works at the airport authority. I came in for business, <laughs> you understand? And she said she went to Maracas and it was so beautiful. And she went to Coover and she went to Temple on the Sea and she was calling all these places there eh? for cemetery and Tobago. And she said, Tobago is so beautiful. And she said, y'all, y'all, y'all already waste time there, you know. Y'all have so much to offer the world. You understand? Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all have so much to offer the world. And, and, and y'all wasting time. Because when I went around, I never, I never knew all these things exist in Trinidad. And she's saying, and she kept telling me to talk. Keep talking, keep talking. I love your accent. I love your accent. I, <laughs> you understand? And she just, she kept, she kept regaling. And this is three weeks ago, coming out of COVID. Right, right. So there was not a lot happening. I mean, there were some things opening back, but you know? So we really undersell ourselves in this country. But going to the Ministry of Tourism. (laughs) We do, we do, and we've spoken about it for years. The tourism is a throwaway in this country because we, we, we're a twin island state and we have a beautiful sister island, Trinidad, but culture. Surely, she was impressed also. You know, Jamaicans are very proud of the culture. Very much. And so. she was impressed with what she saw here. For She stayed for, for four days, three days or four days. And she was so impressed. She said she went to South. She went to the, um, she went and bathed in the mud, she said. There's this when, place you know, in South where you go and bathe in the mud, yeah. you know? And she said, all your food are good, man. May always start Jamaican food better. All your food are good. So she learned to make pilau from the Trini wife. So she's making pilau in the Jamaican shop now. She probably called it Jamaican pilau. <laughs> Jamaican lao. Well, we have so much to offer. We have so much to offer, but we really... It's the, the Dutch syndrome. Wait for oil and gas prices to rebound. And can't produce enough to make money from it. Um, the interesting di- di- um, dilemma. Yeah, because it... half. They always tell you what the problems are, and and um, and I mean at Trinidad and Tobagoians, of course we will focus on what the gaps are, and what the problems are, and what we have to face in our everyday, in our everyday perspective. But in terms of the tourism product, when you when you're having that kind of conversation, a lot of the times they bring up the fact that there are limited hotel rooms, we don't have enough room stock, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How, how long you here now, Richard? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've heard, we have heard that for years. Even before Chogum. And then you yes. build something like Malvina yes. Grand and you dump and you let it run down. What's the so, point? So it's yeah, six, so step, six step forward, eight steps back. Yeah, we always talk about forward. that. Even though, I mean, of course, there is Airbnb in Trinidad and Tobago. And of course, there are, uh, there are quite a few people who do Airbnb. Airbnb. Yes, they are. 
So there is some level of hotel stock via the Airbnb route. Um, but I don't know even if there is data on it. I don't even know if anybody has counted it, counted the quality, looked at the quality of it. I have no clue. Or, or um, are you talking about that? You're talking about somebody counting the quality. What about regulating and meeting the standards so the country could promote a particular standard of hotel stock? And not waiting until the run down to say, oh my God, we have to regulate that. Yeah. And they have a whole ministry of tourism. That's what part of it should be about. But regulating every year, the, the, but the, the, the ground transportation, regulating the experiences that, that tourists come in and, 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 and quantifying and taking feedback so that. Because they do it in St. Lucia. I remember years ago when I worked at freelance at TV6, and we used to go to, to cover St. Lucia Jazz for four or five years straight. And the, the attention to detail that to, they said Lucia tourists board paid to our experience, and they came every day. How did you find this? How was the ground transportation? Seeking feedback. This is like yeah. 15, 20 years ago, yeah? To ensure that the, the, our stay was optimal. Did, you, did anyone try to overcharge you? Simple questions, you know. They're asking you all the time because they understood the value of that kind of feedback in maintaining a certain standard of product and care. But we, we do business. We do business. And we have so much to offer. Yeah, it, and it's... Um, we, come and we, learn, we learn to wine, you know, we learn to wine. We couldn't wine before we learn to wine. <laughs> but things we take for granted culturally that people so enjoy. Remember when Queen Latifah came down and she talked about liming and it became a big thing? Yes, yes. Everything we take for granted because we've had it so long, it becomes so natural to us. People appreciate so much. Well, let's open up the lines at this point, ma'am, because we can have a little interactive with people who are listening. Mm -hmm. It's really your question this morning. My opinion, I have no empirical fact to support this. Me feel the rushing, you know, because the last time they bring vaccine, nobody didn't take it up. But they haven't brought vaccines for that age group. And age. because the, the 12 to 17 were so poorly accessed, it is unlikely that the under 12 will be accessed even more because people are more finicky about younger children. So that's why I feel philosophically, they must they're in a rush now because they're in a rush for the 12 to 17. So we go spend a certain money again and we said, we're going to access it when we access it. That is what the impression I get because the, yeah. the, the pick uptick for the 12 to 17 was so poor. Well, general vaccine was was moderate. You say fifty percent is moderate. How do you describe that? Who said it was moderate? Fifty point eight percent. Well, I'm asking if you consider fifty percent moderate. Well, it's more than half. But you see, it's not really half of one point four million. If a section of the one point four can't get access to vaccines, which is the under twelve group. Which is how, which comprises how many people? The Who cohort knows? is usually 20,000 writing at sea. So that multiplied by five, five to five multiplied by, by um, 20,000 multiplied by standard one, two, three, four, five by five, 100,000. Rough calculation and assumptions. Every year, 18 to 20,000, right, SC. So the cohort is usually 18 to 20,000 per year, right? Yeah. So you say multiply that by five standards, one to five. So about 100,000 kids. So you're right in that way. Mm -hmm. 
And the people who never take it. So the eligible group was always, I think, 1.1 million in the country. Okay. Just, just under 600,000 or about 600,000 vaccines taken in the country. Individuals who took vaccines, I should say, not vaccines taken. Yeah, by the way, we, take, we can take yeah. your calls. Yeah, we have some calls talk. online already. Oh, you have some calls, okay. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I think Good morning. The minister, the minister, good morning. I think morning. the Minister of Education is missing the board. Why did we always have to wash our dirty linens out of the country? Deal with the parents. Why the, children, the teachers have to go and take a course to deal with the delinquents? Have to deal with the parents. If you start to charge the parents when the children fighting at school, the children, the parents will pay more attention to the children. It's not everything they want the government to pay for this, and then the teachers have to take a course to take care of the children. No, deal with the parents. Charge them, and they will check themselves. All right, charge them for what? We charge them for just asking us. I'm actually don't know what we charge them for. Good morning. Hi, morning. Morning. Um, morning. Morning. Um, well, first of all, I just wanted to add something to what Paul said yesterday. I, I think it's any airline that you're traveling, the requirements to the United States is an antigen test. So it doesn't matter the airline. Okay. Okay. And um, if some airlines ask for it, there's a different story, but the requirements of the United States is an antigen test. And, okay, um, still. Since, since they dropped the, man, the mask mandate on in the airport and on the, in the, in the airplane, you find Americans just throw away with everything. They just take the mask and throw it up in the air like Carnival Monday. You know? They feel like you've with the, the downgrading of the, of the measures. The, the world believes, not just Americans, but Trinidad, it happened with Trinidad, we believe that the pandemic is over and we can go back to normal. In bars and in, in, in parties. I went to a, a party in Anchorage, York Fed, um, last week, and it's like, no, we don't have a pandemic going on. Right? But I have a question for you, for, for through you, Paul. Um, I know you have friends in the media that you could ask a question because there's something I don't understand. If the, the media, when you hear the briefing, they say 700,000 people fully vaccinated. And then you have 600,000 people with one dose. Right? And I'm assuming if people get one dose, within a matter of three weeks, they will get the other dose. That is for 1.3 million people. So that is more than 90% of the population. So why... Repeat that, repeat that, I lost your trend, sorry. Yeah. Repeat that. I, I hear you, I hear you, caller, and that always confuses me. I'm like, yes. what, what are they saying? Because yes. it's a roughly 711,000 people currently that have actually are fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. We're not even yes, talking about boosters have... or anything like that. We're just talking about got both vaccines. 711,000 people. Then they talk about and 600 and something people, thousand people got one shot. One shot. And I'm like, and I'm like, are you just giving me overlapping figures? In some, people, who, some people who... These people doing? Because one, I think the, the explanation given was one, 
Some people were one shot. Some people were required to get two shots, but only took one shot. But you have those. But it can't be six hundred thousand. As treat as you would think. But it can't be six hundred thousand people get one shot and didn't go to the, get the other shot. No. no. The subset of the six hundred thousand is some who would have gotten two shots. So you have to disaggregate those, shots taken. Persons for the vaccinated. Persons who had who took a one shot vaccine. The, the 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 explaining of the data is poor because it's correct. confusing. It's correct. confusing. For, for me, so if it is what you are saying, correct. And, and you are a lawyer, um, uh, Richard, and you it's confusing to you. So yeah. imagine so, for me who it is. I always schooling. and they say that news too, uh, on like on TV six yeah. and CNC three and stuff. And I always conf- and I'm like, are they listening to what I'm saying? How does that make any sense? So that so that if it is, is Paul, figures, we have nothing to worry about because ninety nine percent of the population is vaccinated. It will be vaccinated according to how they're explaining it. So what they really need to say is seven hundred eleven thousand people are fully vaccinated. They got the two shots or whatever. We now have um, eighty seven thousand, a hundred thousand people who took the vaccine and only took one shot, and we don't know when they're going to take the second shot or if they're going to take the second shot at all. Then it's clearer. Well, well because those people are not fully like vaccinated. So sure you maybe maybe Paul you if you have friends in the media who just be at those press conferences, uh, get them to clarify that for us because I am certainly confused about it. Yeah. Well, as I asked directly the minister in parliament, I was nice to be confused. So <laughs> right, I'm not I'm really not being pejorative, but I just I because the I guess the methodology they're using is is confusing to many people. Yeah, it I, is. I always say when when so many people have questions about a particular bit of data analysis, it means it's it's either wrong or they're it's not, not being transmitted properly. properly. Yeah. All right, so I'll leave it there. All right, thanks, buddy. All right, two 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 eight two five five six one two eight two five five. Tool free North Americans, eight six six five two five ten ninety nine. That's a toll free number for those in North America coming straight to the studio. So what number should I use since I'm in North America but I'm not in North America? Try the eight six six five two five ten ninety nine. Use your friend phone. Use your friend phone. Yeah. All right. You calls coming through. Let's go. Good morning. Me. Morning, morning. Paul morning. Morning, Mr. Patrick. Yeah. Paul I hear you talking about a menu just now that fell out. When I was in New York 2019, and I was talking to some Trinidadian people, them don't know nothing about boil and fry. <laughs> Paul, what is boil and fry? What is boil and fry? What is boil and fry? What's your business? All you know what is boil and fry? No, I don't know what is boil and fry. You're boiling cassava and dashing and breadfruit and things. And you're frying it up with onions and seasoning and things. You know nothing about that? Mm, no. What's your problem with Paul? I know, I, I've, I've eaten it before, but they know you call it boil and fry. Let me put it that way. Oh, you call it boil and fry. You cassava, provision, you boil it first, seal it, and then you fry it up with onions and tomatoes and different things. Huh? Yeah? Like what you call well, it boil and I've fry. I've had that before, oh. but I didn't know that the name for it. Oh, yeah. Um, who calls that boil and fry though? Huh? 
I say who calls it boil and fry? Trinidadians, we? I am Trinidadian and I can't remember anything boil and fry. Yeah, I never heard about that in my life. What trouble is this, brother? Well, right, Mr. Patrick, you sure that it's yeah. not a Trinity thing and a Trinity thing located just well, on your block? That, 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 boy, that. I learned that some years, I think Trinidad in Wallafield. Nah, yeah. but, but there are many Trinidadians listening to this program, so they need to call in. Will they ever hear about boil and fry? Yeah, they will call you. So I, was I, know people, I, know people will, I know people will eat cassava, however it's cooked. Yeah. But I don't know anything that you call yeah, it boil and fry. They fry up with tomatoes and onions and different things. Yes, we never, it's it's we never, we said we, d- we don't know they call it, but that is actually. Right. Thanks, Mr. Patrick. Boil and fry. Yeah, but, All right. But, I but, never um, hear that term but, as a part of a Trini cuisine yeah, thing. Yeah, but um, I was asking this morning how many children between the age of 15 and 18 take the vaccine? You mean the percentage? I have no clue. Yeah. About the person, about children, because it's not a big problem because parents say they're not carrying the children to take vaccine. So, much more for them, the younger children, the parents they go in for no vaccine for them children. So, let me hear what we're going on about that. Well, that's, a, that's, right. that's an argument on both sides, yeah, because there are some parents yeah. that are going to be more concerned that their children actually are protected. Because you're even yeah. more protective of children in that age group, so that you may pretty much very likely take um um take take let your child take the vaccine because you don't want the child to get sick yeah mr patrick thank more, you. more children getting hospitalized globally because of these new omicron variants yeah all right we have another call good morning good morning i think the boil and fry came in like when you cook provision and you have the leftovers you fry it up with the saltfish for the next day but i um you hardly hear people really do it they call it lisa said they call it saute provision All right. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Morning. Yes, if I go, Oliver here. Yeah, Oliver, what's going on? I cool. Tell you, Mr. Patrick, right there, and I didn't know until um, I got married that they call it boil and fry. Well, my wife from Telakit, so you know, country thing different. <laughs> but they so it's a country Trinidad. So you're saying it's a country Trinidad thing that they call it boil and fry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never because heard I of it. I grew up, I grew up in Central. I grew up in California, right? And I tasted it before, but I never knew the name of it. And it's when I got married to my um, cocoa pile, half cocoa pile Indian wife. Then I found out that it's boil and fry. It's the name of the thing. <laughs> here, here you with you in the scripture, you cook up all Indian wine. Half Indian wine. Yeah. <laughs> That's you half own, Indian wine. With your own description, you half pile. <laughs> Where is it? Half <laughs> Indian cocoa pile wine. She's half Indian cocoa pile. I understand exactly what you mean. <laughs> I, almost, I, I almost want to ask you if that could be on second set boiled and fried. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. She does, a, she does a good job with that. I want to the best style you could taste. Ooh, now you're talking my language. Actually, 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 there is a, a former minister. Um, I could call his name Jack Warner. Love her, Dal. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a very good statement. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, Oliver. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, all, yeah. that's all I got chutney. No problem. <laughs> that's all I got chutney. Okay, so right. I, I love she down. <laughs> Why that man love my wife down so much? Good morning, caller. Hi, guys. Morning, Carol here. Yeah, Carol here. <laughs> hey, Carol. Yes, yes, it is known as as boil and fried. I I didn't know about that in my <laughs> earlier years, but um, in recent times, I have heard it referred to as boil and fried. From some country folk. Not necessarily, you know. Not necessarily from country folk. But, Mr. You know, Mr. Patrick educated us all. Yeah, boil and fry. Yeah. All right, Carol. Yeah, okay. How are you yeah, feeling? I was, I was going to invent. Oh, I was going to invent back. a segment. Well, welcome <clears throat> to Mr. Patrick's world. Mr. Patrick's corner. Yeah, um, right. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. I did not finish, Mr. Paul. What I was trying to explain. Instead of working on the teachers, they should work on the parents. That is what I was trying to explain. But when the um, the children fight, they they bring in the, the the parent and and charge them. That is what I was trying to explain. And charge them with what the child fighting? Yeah, when they, when 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 they fight, who cut who who with knife and you know instead of remember the children is under age, bringing the parents and. And and, and that, that's a long-standing debate whether parents should be held legally responsible for their children's actions. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but why they don't work on the parents in some way? Why are they looking to work on the teachers? The children coming from home with this. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, San Fernando. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, uh, Steve, Richard. And, uh, morning, sir. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I would like to, uh, two things. One, I would like to send both the greetings to my niece, uh, Natafi Harry, Natashi. Actually, it's Natafi Harry. And mm. the other thing is, when last you guys have uh, had a, a good um, lagoon goat roti? Lagoon what? Oh, what? <laughs> Lagoon goat, Trudy. Have you ever heard lagoon goat? No. Hey, roti, a pumpkin roti one. <laughs> they call it lagoon goat roti. When when they have plenty pumpkin in it. No, no. I think that's what they call the roti with pumpkin. Lagoon goat. Check it out. Lagoon. When they have to learn to pump some gems. I check it out. I don't know. A lagoon goat roti. I have never heard anybody standing up in a line behind me saying, Oh boy, I'm going for the lagoon goat roti. Sorry. Because I would have turned back and say, What? Lagoon well, somebody talking about a, con- a conks roti the other day. People just what, put conks in roti. Well, I hear, but I've heard about that. That is, that's not necessarily something I would eat, but, but lagoon goat, never heard that phrase. Human does eat something, eh? Never heard that phrase. All right. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.